0: Hey, Alex here. Before we jump into today's recording, I wanted to remind you that all of the information in this recording is for informational and educational purposes only. The information shared should not be construed as investment or tax advice. Please consult a competent financial or tax professional to discuss your situation before using any of the strategies or topics that we discuss here. Thanks for listening. One other quick thing before we get started today if you're thinking about starting a business or if you already have one i wanted to tell you about the accounting software that we use for our clients Zero, that's x-e-r-o and you can find them at www.zero.com i have used other accounting platforms in the past for clients but zero bar none is the best accounting platform out there i have had clients come to me after bringing them to zero and they have told me that they felt empowered to use the platform after seeing their simple user interface. Zero's slogan is Beautiful Business, which represents Zero's thriving business technology platform and global community. Beautiful Business highlights the power of Zero's powerful accounting platform and community supporting small businesses to help them work past the chaos, uncertainty, and stress to reclaim valuable time and thrive. Over the last five years, I have used Xero exclusively with our clients, and I have met some amazing people at that company. People are always friendly and are always ready to help when it's needed. Whether you're just getting started or are a thriving company, Zero has the tools you need to help keep your accounting records straight, reduce time each month associated with doing the back-end bookkeeping, and helps you track KPIs with their powerful reporting tools. Check them out at zero.com. That's X-E-R-O. .com Welcome back everybody. We hope you guys all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did and I ate way too much pie and mm-hmm. I got the pudge. So, the uh, <laughs> final final episode of the of the season of the year. Of the year. Yeah, so yeah. hope you guys you know like I said, hope you guys had a great, you know, Thanksgiving and you know right around this time of the year starting around October, um, you know I work I start working with clients where we start sitting down and start trying to you know, get an idea of where we're going to end up at the end of the year at December 31st, going into January 1st because 99.99% of people live on the calendar year, tax year. Uh, there are a few mm-hmm. exemptions to that. So, um, you know, for, for the majority of our listening audience, you guys have to look at your taxes uh, from January 1st to December 31st. Yeah. And what we do is, you know, once you have more than half a year, like three quarters of the year data, um you know we start looking at say okay you know what where are we at with revenue where can we what can we extrapolate or forecast out for the last two ish months of the year in terms of revenue operating costs and then profit and or loss depending on how you're how you're sitting and that conversation starts to drive a lot of things and kick off a lot of things in terms of like you know if you're just a single member llc like we talked about that a few times of what that is on this on this podcast um and, you know, maybe we need to change your tax structure to maybe looking at like an S corp or even changing to a C corp or something, you know, like you start to have like this kind of like starting to look at trying to be as proactive as you can, uh, from a tax standpoint before the end of the year happens. Because the thing is, is once, uh, the end of the year happens and you're back in January again, a lot of things you cannot go back and do, right. Mm-hmm. There's very few things that you can do, um, where you can backdate and request certain things to take place in a prior period. But if you, if you're looking at, you know, you're sitting at profit right now, you can't go buy another computer or you can't go do something after January January 1st. And then like, you know, trying to make account for last year, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got Declan here and we, we've we've mentioned a few times he's, I actually work with him in a a bit of a client uh, capacity. Actually, he's one of our clients. He was the first client we were, we were sort of working with. Um, And uh, we're going to run through like a kind of like a scenario of uh, it's not his numbers, but it's Mm -hmm. a bit of a scenario for what that kind of conversation looks like um, at the end of the year and uh, trying to help Declan, because he's a business owner, make Mm -hmm. a better informed decision and try to pay less in taxes uh, come January. So.
1: And again, the the like we we kind of do in some of these episodes, the, the big why, like what's the reason for this episode? And and again, it's to hopefully the listener can take take away from this what they can bring to their own conversation with uh their own accountant. Like what should they be looking for in um this in, in their annual income statement? Um, what are some things they can do within the next couple of weeks? I know we're recording this December 8th, so there's about three weeks left in the year. Um, so hopefully there's still time left for people to, to digest this and, and, and take some, some, some action, but I know we're going to have this conversation in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're looking at a a demo, you know, an example, um, report here, but we'll kind of walk through it. Like it was my business. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, and just to kind of preface this, you know, like a lot of things you know, it's, it's trying to have that conversation, right. So like you're working with somebody. It's really good to try to get on on the phone or on that person's calendar before the end of the mm-hmm. year because if they're trying to get in touch with you I'm sure they are um but if if not then uh, yeah i would I would definitely make sure and try to make the for the end of the year and say hey like this is where I am like where, where what I need what do I need to do yeah. um so you know and also this report is is a showing a loss so we're we're not going to use that in this in this kind of use case if you will or case study mm-hmm. we'll use it as we'll, we'll say there's a profit right? Okay. because the profit is what drives tax tax uh, taxable income yeah because if you have a loss like there's no tax right like i mean it's a very straightforward there's nothing to do like you can't do anything right um you can carry forward those losses but that's a slightly different conversation to mm-hmm. to be had and have had so jump just jumping in here into the financials you know declan's showing on on this business here uh, a total revenue of uh sixty five thousand dollars uh, for the year, which is a really good, you know, you know, just, you know, just for him, just getting started. He had a great year this year. Last year, he didn't do as 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 good. You know, we're, we're seeing there's year over year growth. And that's, you know, things that we want to see. And in terms of revenue, because revenue drives everything else. Revenue allows you to have money to pay for a team or hire a team, make hiring decisions, allows you to live uh, and pay your rent, your personal expenses, and uh, be able to uh, not eat ramen noodles. Um, mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving dinner, which I did not do that this year. Um, <laughs> so the uh, um, as we covered already, <laughs> as we covered already, like <laughs> you don't get the putt from ramen doodles, <laughs> anyways. The uh, so $65,000, you know, for for this year so far, and you know, we're, we're sitting at the right beginning, at the very beginning of December right now. So, you know, looking at 65000 if you back that out and do it in your head, you know, you're he was looking like he's gonna end up somewhere between 70 and $75,000 in total revenue for the year. And we want to start making notes on that because that's mm-hmm. like, because, Hey, like, you know, and he says, yeah, Alex, like I got like this guy signing on, like I got like the year client, like these are things that like, you know, he's going to probably respond with that's going to justify my, my explanation or my kind of, you know, thinking of where he's going to end up because I can kind of see and extrapolate out what he's, what he's doing. He might be doing way more than that, or he might be doing way less than that. Mm-hmm. And if there's a big number in there, because it, you know, usually we, I try to do this in November. Um, at least where we have a few months left, but and that can, you know, the more months you add back into the year where you're doing having this conversation, the bigger you could have like that swing at the very end of the year, right? You could have way more, you could have way less than you were expecting and that's going to drive a lot of stuff.
1: And I know in the newsletter you sent out this um, last month um, talking about, you know, in these conversations um, maybe you, serve, you know, client. We talked about invoicing, right? Uh Mm -hmm. in the last episode. And this time of year, maybe instead of invoicing on, you know, the last week of December, you just push it out to January, which is totally legal. It's it's not illegal to to not invoice right away. So these would be the conversations like you could be saying like are there any projects that are still um you have an invoice for and try to get an idea what that number is and maybe then determining whether is that something you invoice this year or Put it off until the next tax season, right? Uh, and the, season the only thing, thing that I'll put it like
0: a little, little, like a little asterisk in that is yeah. if if the service contract or this or the or or if it if you're doing professional services and mm-hmm. the the contract date of the professional services is on January first, then mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to invoice for okay. January first. But like if the contract actually starts on December twenty eighth depending on the rules of accounting that you're using for invoicing, you need to make sure that you're, you're, you're recording in that properly, because like you can go raise the invoice, but like if you're on the cash method of accounting and you're um, you know, cash method of accounting is like when cash comes in or leaves is when you record it. Right. Not yeah. the accrual method of accounting. If you're on a method of accounting, you'd actually need to record that on the 28th of December, regardless of the fact or not, if you had that the cash come on exam. in or not. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, um, that's kind of like contract law and kind of looking at those types of things. You know, a lot of people try to like make those swings at the end of the year, especially like if you're trying to get rid of profit, like I know people that will go out. Um, you yeah, know, I think we talked about him a few times. It's like actually Grant Cardone actually went and took delivery of a jet like on December 29th because mm-hmm. he's like, I got to go hide a million dollars in profit or however much it was. Um, he's a pretty big sales marketing guy in the entrepreneurial space if mm-hmm. you haven't heard of him before. But, you know, he took delivery of it and he's like, no, I need it now i need it this year because i don't want to be paying tax i need to use this for other things Um, we're not talking about buying jets in here but you know like that's like one example of what that would look like right but it's Um, just those this would be something you bring up with with your accountant,
1: like right and
0: again kind of going back to like what that is and you you kind of go back and forth on that trying to flush out like what that looks like for like the last month or two months of the year year. Spend a few few minutes on that and then we don't really spend too much time on actual operating costs or like actual operating expenses. Like if you're paying money for advertising, if you're paying ongoing software subscriptions for your business, that's kind of like a sunk cost, right? Because like there's not a whole lot that we can do with that. Now, if you're looking at things and you know, we come down to the bottom here and you know we're going to say that you know, Declan has a, has a profit of $30,000 right now. Off of his sixty five thousand dollars so so far in revenue, that means he has thirty five thousand dollars in operating expenses. Right mm-hmm. now, in this situation, you know, he's he's kind of you know pretty low in terms of like me even wanting to possibly bring up the up the escort because in terms of profitability, like thirty thousand, know, yeah, I would I would say hey, this would be your difference in your taxes. What we could do, mm-hmm. and I kind of leave it to like the client to make that decision. If you're not already at being taxed as an S corp right because the thing is is the way the S corp works again is you need to assign yourself a salary and then your which is which is already in the operating expense right which is uh well in this situation yes it, it is in this one but right it here. could okay. it, i mean it, this 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 would be right here would be yeah. probably your staff and employee not the owner right so there's there's a very oh, distinct okay. difference there right so okay. like i mean you you could be running a business where you have a small team and you're having wages and salaries taken up, but it's not for you because if you're a single member LLC, you don't have a salary for yourself. You never do. Yeah. And the reason being is because what happens is at the end of the year is you flush out your profitability from uh, through, through your individual tax return and you pay full tax on the full profit that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never actually have a salary. So like the $30,000 if today was December 31st. He didn't do anything else and he had 30000 in profit he would pay income tax on $30,000, right? Mm-hmm. Now, like, let's say, for example, and you know, we're, these are just sm- such small numbers, but like, you know, if we if we got him into a, uh, an S-corp or something like that, and we were able to do that in time, I say, hey, Declan, you know, you're sitting at 30000 right now for the year, even with your other team and staff costs, like we're thinking where it's going to flush out right around the same. Um, you could set yourself up to, to give Ace to receive a salary of $15,000 for the year, We could flush that out. We can, you know, make sure you get your your um your taxes done in time and all those other things for like because not just taxes like for filing taxes, but actually like there's other forms that would now need to be created and issued that are uh related to payroll Mm -hmm. that would need to get done uh very, very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so like in the situation say, hey, like, you know, you could do fifteen thousand dollars, and if you guys remember from conversation. Uh, a while back about S corps is that you get to reduce or mitigate your exposure to self employment taxes, which is Social Security Medicare tax, by getting an S by taking the S corp election uh, to the limit that you take a salary for. Right. Mm-hmm. So you would be looking at a situation where, and I'm just just for visual purposes here, and just make this as simple as a conversation as possible. We would say, hey, you know, you're, you're 30000 thousand. Let's, you know, you know, you could do something here at the end of the year where you could take a fifteen thousand dollars salary, and then actually, what's going to happen is, is your business is going to expense your salary if you take the S corp election and you get approved for it. Your business will get will expense that, and then your business actually also expenses part of the uh, social uh, Social Security Medicare tax, so the self employment yep. tax as an expense off your income. And then you just need to pay federal and or uh, and, and state if you live in a state where you live, uh, where you have to base a state income tax, right? Mm-hmm. On the balance of like, let's just call it 12, well, let's just call it $13,000, right? So like, you know, you're at 30,000 before, you're taking a $15,000 salary. So now you're down to $15,000 in profit. The rules state that because you're receiving a salary now, your company gets to expense part of the self-employment taxes or, or social security taxes, Medicare taxes; those are one of the same. And now, if you pay that, you're down to thirteen thousand. So now you have a W two that says fifteen thousand from your company, uh, your employer, because now you, the employee, and the employer, and the owner are all the, the same person. Mm-hmm. It's kind of complicated to wrap your head around when you hear it the first time, but it makes sense. I promise. <laughs> uh, you see, to make sure you know which way you're going. Um, but then you get to do that, and I can say, hey, in that situation, you would save you know eight hundred dollars in taxes. And what are those taxes that I'm saving, Alex? Well, I'm glad you asked Declan. one. Um, <laughs> what taxes so, am I saving, Alex? It's <laughs> so like, what am I saving over here? So like the $800, I mean, depending on, you know, at 30,000 a year, that's a lot of money. Like that is two and a half percent more or less of your total income that you would mm-hmm. need to be paying up extra in taxes. And now you get to pocket that $800 and, you know, get to put that into savings to go pay off debt to go do something else. Like, you know, that's great. And, you know, to answer that question uh, that you so curiously asked uh, is the self-employment taxes that you would have had paid if you didn't take the S-corp election, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, 15.3% of, uh, we'll just do 15%. So 15% of $30,000 is $4,500. You whack mm-hmm. that number in half, now you're at $2,250, right? $2,250. So it's actually not just $800, it's actually way more than that. Um, so you, you're, you're saving a, a good chunk of cash that you get to pocket elsewhere, um, by doing that way. And that's, that's a lot of money, you know, it's yeah. six, percent six, of, uh, of your total profit. That's now, uh, being saved because you don't have to pay the full amount of self-employment tax. You get to mitigate that again, to the limit of your, of your W2 wages. And some mm-hmm. people like to say, well, like, what if I just pay myself a $5,000 salary or something like this? And, you know, it, it's there's a, there's a rule in the S corp that says you need to do reasonable compensation. Reasonable compensation is a very gray term, very gray um, definition that the IRS uses saying whatever was, well, whatever you would pay to replace yourself would Mm -hmm. be an appropriate salary. Well, I mean, yeah, like that's, that's a very great, you know, a a very great definition Uh, there's uh, data out there for the department of labor that you can go try to get information on to figure out what would that look like. But basically, and this is not professional advice, again, I put the disclaimer at the beginning of all these shows, but the thing is, is it's your unique situation, right? Mm-hmm. What I try to aim for is getting close to 50% of, of your wages of what your profit is before your salary, right? So like, again, 30,000, you know, 15,000 or so, especially if you're below the quarter million a year profit range. Because yeah. after that, then like uh, you you can't pay into social security Medicare tax above 130,000 anyway. So,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, like you're, 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 you're fully capping that out and that might not make sense. That might not be the best thing in that unique yeah. situation, right? Because everybody's different. Um, but, you know, for me, I try to get, just so you guys can visually see it, like before your salary, take half of that, of your, pro, uh, take half of your total profit before salary and then use that as your salary. And Mm -hmm. that's generally pretty safe in terms of making sure everyone's happy with the government entities are happy the social security, Medicare offices are happy with what you're paying in. Because Mm -hmm. the thing is, is in the early 2000s, S-Corps were a big popular thing and people were just taking one dollar salaries thinking that they were, you know, avoiding or evading evading the system. (laughs) And the IRS and the government was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um. You need to make something called a reasonable compensation for yourself mm-hmm. because that is illegal and that is tax evasion if you're doing a one dollar salary. Mm-hmm. Um. And you're you're blatantly avoiding and like av- avoiding paying taxes. Um. But there's you know and that's where accountants come in and we say hey like we try to get you to a unique place. You know some accountants that like I I've, I've ran into like to run lower percentages like they're probably thirty five percent forty percent of profit before your salary so if you're $100,000 in profit they'll, they'll say hey just take a $35,000 salary. You know, it's it, it depends on the comfort level of the account, the comfort level of the client. And that's a that's a kind of like a hey here's the data, here's the facts. Declan, Mr. client or Mrs. client, if it's not Declan. Uh <laughs> the uh you know, what is, you know, what do you think? What do you feel? Because the thing is ultimately is like I, I'll do whatever you want me to do, right? So you know, like it ultimately comes down to the comfort level of the client and the and and the accountant, right? Because like for me, I try to operate pretty moderately in terms of like my risk for audit for clients. Because the thing is, there's always audit risk um, that never goes away. It's it's always out there. It's like a one to two percent chance of your uh, tax return getting flagged for an audit. The thing is, you just need to make sure you have substantiating information to contribute to that to make sure that you. You know, when you do get audited, you have the information that back up your claim to what you're doing, right? And again, reasonable compensation. Don't use 50% and say, hey, this random guy on the internet says 50. Don't do yeah. that. Don't do it. Because and the thing never, is, like, you're never going to, you're never going to, you're never going to get 50%. Like, it's like, okay, what makes sense? What makes sense on the numbers? Because 50, 50% of $500,000 is $250,000. Like, I would never tell a client to go get it, you know, like that, you know. Because the thing is, is like, it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe one hundred seventy five thousand, right, on a five hundred thousand dollars salary. Like, what would like what would be reasonable to replace yourself? Because if you're running five hundred thousand dollars in profit and you have a big team, you're probably looking for like a senior manager. You're looking for a VP. You're looking for a chief operating officer, right? In like, and what's the going rate for a COO or a VP of marketing or a VP? Like, it's it's north of six figures for sure, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it's just having it in the back of your mind. So there's, you know, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. I think I did a little bit on that, but you know, it, it's, it's important to focus on that because that is a huge thing. You know, I just got off a call earlier this morning talking about how, you know, a lot of people that are not just proactive with their accountants or their counselor's not proactive with with the client. It's like they're leaving $7,000 a year on the table just with the S Corp election, which is why I love it so much. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's so many other things like, Hey, you, you need to have that end of your conversation. You need to say, Hey, uh, you know, you were asking a really good question actually earlier because uh, we're not sponsored by Apple at all, but you know, like I, I use Apple products for what I use mm-hmm. to, to work and uh, I think Declan does as well. Yeah, I do. And uh, we were talking about like maybe getting a new computer uh, or yeah. something like that. Which and actually it could be this
1: the second part of this because I, I think the, the, the goal and in- I like how you preface this because there is no rule of thumb, right? You can't just be like, yeah. Oh, just take a 50% salary or 35. We're, we're not advocating that because it it is literally every business is a unique situation. That's why these conversations are important. need to happen. We're trying to say like, <laughs> here are the levers that you can pull that you can right. kind of adjust, right? Wage your, your salary is, is one of those. The next one being expenses at the end of the year. So, you know, business expenses, like legit ones. I I know last year um, I needed a new computer. Um, My old laptop was on the fritz and I I wanted a desktop. Now, actually this year I'm thinking about, well, maybe I need a a laptop because now that I've been using a desktop for a whole year, I would like maybe some mobility. Um, I also need a new desk, just new desk. I'm I'm trying to think of like, what are some legit, um, uh, essentially like, Should I add a couple more expenses before the, yeah, write-offs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That I can use for the business instead of spending it next year, buy it in the next couple of weeks um, with some of the cash that I've accumulated from, from my profitable business. And it's a good
0: (laughs) good question to to ask, but the thing is you have to keep in the back of your mind too is, are you accrual or are you cash, right? Mm. Like method of accounting, because you know, that will drive a lot of things because say, for example, there's certain rules that are out there that you know dictate when you can expense things and mm-hmm. let's say like you pre-purchase airfare for example mm-hmm. depending on your method of accounting and you bought it this year but you don't fly until january you can't expense that right or okay. you know like like it's it's a very finicky thing that you need to look into right because like like
1: you know there, and there's like case of law and tax law out there that is it is it dependent on the accountant or is it dependent on the business? Like do you, I can I ask what what is my <laughs> what's my business? Right. So cash or you, accrual. Yeah you got, you're on the accrual method of accounting, right? Okay. So you know
0: you would accrue the expense uh or the, like the purchase or the revenue actually at the time of the starting of, 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 of like like so say say for example, right? So like for you yeah. uh in your in your situation for revenue you are accrual. So like you could have a client prepay you. And this is a, this is a cool thing with accrual accounting. It's better than cash accounting where you could sign a year on year long deal with a client, and have them prepay mm-hmm. you in December for the whole year and you get the cash, let's say December 10th, whatever uh, you've already started working. You've, you started the first month of working with, with that client. You have all the cash, but you only need to recognize revenue for December. But you have all the cash, right? So, like, let's say the deal was $5,000 to work with you for a year, right? Then what you would do is say, um, you know, well, let's just say $6,000, because then we can do easy math. Make so, $6,000 is, um, you know, for the for the contract the for the year. You, you, yeah, you started in December. So, you would actually, what you would have is, you would have cash of 6000 in the bank account. Mm -hmm. You would have revenue recognized as $500 and then you have something that's actually, it's actually a liability actually is what it is. Uh, It's called prepaid revenue and that it sits uh, sits as a liability on the balance sheet because for you is a liability to you because Mm -hmm. you need to make sure you perform on that service for that duration of the period of time. Right. I wouldn't think of it as a liability, but like factually, like factually that's what that is. And that's how that's, that's what that is. So, um, you know, that's, that's really cool. But like now, like, let's say, um, it's on the opposite side, you know, you prepay me for a year and for what I do. Right. And we start that off. I get, I get all the cash, but now you have a asset on your, on your roster. You don't have, you don't recognize the entire expense, but you have prepaid expense. So now the prepaid expense for you is actually going to be recognized over the period of time, um, for the next 11 months after December. Where you get to recognize that expense, so that's kind of like where it's not so good to be on the accrual system. But like if you were in the cash situation, for example, and you were cash method, a cash method of accounting, and you pay me in December for your services, you get to expense all that. But if I'm on the accrual method, then that's perfect because like then that works out, right? Because I get all the cash, I don't have to pay taxes on it until the following year. I paid the, the one month, but like the 11 months I recognized over the course of the next year, right? Mm-hmm. So like it really depends on which way you're you're tooling and throwing on. Um, and then the same thing with with revenue, right? So like with like with expenses. So like let's say you pay for a year in advance of some software service. Yeah. What or you're going to it, do.
1: Is it same with um, even just let's just use last year as an example with the computer. I don't remember how much it was, but let's just say it's 1200 does that mean, and I use 12, 12 months financing. So
0: computers how, how and work? like desks and like those are assets, right? So assets, okay. and like those are, they're capitalized.
1: Okay. Um.
0: And it,
1: does that all count as December?
0: So it would count. So yeah. So like that is, that's the funny thing about, about, about assets, right? So like, let's say you bought $200 computer, even though you put it on the Apple card and you're paying it off over 12 months or something like that, if you did do that, Again, not sponsored by Apple, Apple Card, mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs, none of that stuff. We're not here for that. But that's like the real conversation that you and I had like a while ago mm-hmm. was like, well, like, how do I do this? And what you just do, I mean, you, you're you using a personal card, which I'm not a big fan of, but I love the fact that it's 0% interest and you get cash back on it, right? Like that's why mm-hmm. it, for me, it makes sense in my head to do it in that way. Um, So you capitalize the asset. Meaning you put it onto the balance sheet, saying "Yep, mm-hmm. like this is ours. We own it. Like this is like, even though I'm paying off the debt over here, I technically own this right now."
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So you get to capitalize it, and any, anything below it used to be twenty five hundred dollars, but now it's five thousand uh, dollars. It's something called a safe harbor election. Is what it's called, mm-hmm. and anything under five thousand dollars, you get to write off right away. Okay, Uh, So you get to expense it right away, even though like you just acquire this new asset, you get to write off and and do that, which kind of goes back to that section 179 stuff, the bonus depreciation with the vehicles. Yeah. If you guys are like, if you guys uh, had listened to that conversation, uh, we talked about it briefly a few months ago, where through the end of next year, you know, like section 179 allows you to capitalize and depreciate up to $1 million of uh, assets in the in the tax year, right?
1: Yeah. And Section
0: one seventy nine with bonus depreciation for certain vehicle types and asset classes allows you to write off the entire vehicle in the calendar year. Again, warning flags like just asterisk asterisk asterisk, you know, unique case like you know, talk to somebody before you do this. Don't do this right now, please. The bells and whistles are going off in my head, but like you can you could theoretically write off the entire i.e. expense the entire you know, mm-hmm. vehicle purchase in the current year, assuming you're meeting the restrictions yeah. the, the use a whole bunch of other stuff um, that you need to do to make it work. Cause if you don't, then like, you're just like, you're, 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 you're missing the point, right? Like you're not, you're yeah. not getting, you're not gonna, you're not getting the benefit. Okay. So um, that's why people like, like, I mentioned like Grant Cardone bought this jet, like December 29th, because he was able to write off a massive portion of that, of that asset. Through Section asset, 179, not, right. Not like and, a true expense,
1: like you right. said, software or something like that. Okay. And then
0: even too, like that's why people love real estate investments because like, you know, like people buy the asset and then just cash flows. Because, mm. you know, just for everyone in the back of their mind, depreciation is not a cash movement. It's a non-cash expense. It's the realization of the use of, of the of the acquisition and use of the asset. For the life of that asset right Mm -hmm. the life of the asset is defined by the irs like for example computers desks office stuff is usually about five years um other you know other other things are you know three years and there's seven years and there's different asset classes right so you have to look into exactly what you know what that is and and going from there but like this is like you like you know let's just change the situation and declan sitting here and it's december 8th and assuming we're not living in the world where there's a car shortage you know and he's sitting on a hundred thousand uh in profit he's like dude i i've maxed out like my salary i've maxed out everything else i don't want to pay any more taxes and just, I, like i'm done right i've already paid up my salary i don't need to do anything else i don't want to drop more money well you know that could be one thing you say hey like well how about maybe a new car for the you know meeting with clients or you know something like that where you could say well we could do that and say the purchase price of the car is fifty thousand dollars and you know the residual value that we call scrap value of the vehicle is seven thousand five hundred dollars, and you take delivery of it on December twenty eighth. You drive it from the lot at the dealership to a Starbucks for a client meeting, and back home. You don't touch it until January first. Assuming again everything's being met, the car, the vehicle, the weight, the, like just please talk to somebody before you do this.
1: Yeah, but you but
0: you can. And I'm putting my head down because like I just know that somebody might be out there thinking about doing this, and just 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 please. Talk to somebody first. Yeah. Um, You could write off $42,500. You know, purchase price less the residual value, $50,000 minus $7,500 is $42,500. Right. Mm. And then now, like, you're sitting at zero zero profit, which is great. So, like, now, like, you're depending on your situation, you you get to flush it out, but you didn't just, you didn't pay $50,000 unless you paid cash for the vehicle, which I wouldn't recommend doing because financing and loans and everything is so cheap right now mm-hmm. uh lower than the cost of inflation so like it's lower than the percentage of the cost of inflation then you're you're making money over a period of time the value the yeah. value, the, value of the loan actually goes down um so you would just start making payments on the vehicle you pay it off and like then you get the interest expense which is nice you get to pay expense you get to expense the interest cost of the uh of the of the vehicle and then you just pay back the cash from the loan Mm-hmm. Right so like you you're kind of getting to double dip but like you also get a huge tax break from the fact that you just you know got a 30% discount assuming that your tax brackets like 25 30% but you mm-hmm. just got a 30% discount on a brand new vehicle yeah. because you didn't you didn't have to pay tax on that you know because you flush it out through the business because there's a business use case there's a need for the vehicle or those types of things Yeah. So um you know we <laughs> we, we 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 went around like like quite a yeah, bit like you know it's you know, th- th- there's so much and I hope that you guys can hear my voice for those of you you're listening to this is like every business is unique. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, Oh yeah. Everyone's really like, no, really like every business is unique. And I really mean that with everything that I am, because you know, you could be like, you could be sitting on $150,000 in cash and buy that $50,000 vehicle with cash. And that might make sense depending on how much like free cash that you're generating every time, because mm-hmm. it's not just tax. It's also, what are the numbers? What's, the cash inflows. Where are the cash outflows? Like, what's what's going on? Like, you, yeah. you need to really have somebody you know look into that and, and be on top of that to have the benefit of you know having these year-end conversations to actually take something away from that. Um, because I've been having those conversations for four four months already, three months already, mm-hmm. uh, with other clients. It's just like, look, guys, you know, you gotta you gotta do this, or you're gonna have this
1: big of a tax bill.
0: And then their eyes get really big. They're like, oh yeah, he's not screwing around. He's, he's, he's serious right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, the, a good analogy would be like a Rubik's cube. Like there's billions of different combinations, but there's always one end goal. And to get to that goal, you apply just a handful of algorithms to solve right. it. So the person who knows the algorithms is your accountant. The goal is to, to solve the cube, to get to um, hopefully profit zero or as close to zero as possible. Yeah. again well like, legally. The, the, yeah <laughs> legally uh, because like i mean yeah. like
0: the the idea is like for me and the way that i operate i know we're mm-hmm. we're talking about taxes like it's the time of the year and we should be right
1: mm-hmm. but the
0: thing like the thing the way i operate is like if i can get you to a point as a business owner especially if you're below a quarter million a year in profit especially mm-hmm. if i can get you to a point where you like let's say you had a hundred thousand dollars in profit before end of the year I got you on a $50,000 year salary, now your profit's 50,000, right? Let's say your business expenses for that, let's just call it $5,000 in the social security Medicare tax expense, expense part, right? Now you're 45,000. I could pull a lever and say, hey, let's go get you to uh, 25% maxing out your SEP IRA contributions for the year. That's a twelve dollars contribution. Now forty five thousand becomes thirty two thousand five hundred. I'm listing this off really fast. I did not prep that. Like I just ran that out of my mouth. (laughs) Right off the top of of my head. So like now you're at thirty two thousand five hundred. Let's assume you get to pull. You get a new computer. You get some stuff here and there. Whatever. We're not doing the fancy car stuff, but like let's get you down to thirty. Cool. So assuming you live in a vacuum, you're not married. You're single. Like you know all this stuff. And you know how many dependents, like, it'd be, again, everybody, like, not just the businesses are unique, but the individuals are unique in, in how you need to apply these ideas and strategies because it affects how you calculate stuff, right? Um, Because, like, you guys, for example, have two kids, you're married, mm-hmm. and that's different than me that I'm just married. I don't have any kids or anybody that who's just, like, single, right? Like, it, it's, it's different. But assuming you're single, you had a $50,000 salary in your W-2 and you have $30,000 left over in profit, you are an S corp that flushes through the K one. And assuming that you live in a state where there's no state income tax, you have paid up $50,000 worth of federal tax. And now you owe $30,000 of, of uh, federal tax, right? Profit, yeah. but, because you, like, but because you've paid up 50, the amount that you've already paid into the system should offset what you owe, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea, is to get you to as close to zero as possible on the balance due or re- or uh, or refund uh, for the way I operate, right? Um, on the tax return, because the thing is, like, the last thing is, like, you want to be giving the government free money because, like, you already give them the money to pay up your taxes, mm-hmm. and you just get the money back at the end of the year, four months after the year ends, or six months after the year ends. You go, to, you don't get any interest on that. You don't get any benefit from that. So you just gave money away that you could have used for expansion, for operating costs, for hiring a team member, for something else. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, like the ongoing stuff where people like me can really shine through and give a lot of value to small business owners is trying to help them piece that together over the course of the year. And, you know, some clients come to me is like Alex, I, I always get a big return. I get a big refund. I'm like, that's great. But you know what that means, right? They, they don't, They don't know. But what that means is, the amount of money that you got the refund is actually how much too much you paid in.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And you like, yep. Yeah. But like, and people count on that. So like maybe you are the client that said, Hey Alex, don't get me to zero. Make sure I got a big refund. I'm like, okay, well you're going to be paying up a lot more over the course of the year to get that big refund. Mm-hmm. But then you're, you're missing $500, $800 a month in cash because you're putting that into a taxes every month. And now you get the refund.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. I'd rather have the five eight hundred dollars a month personally that I could, you know, use to do something else with than have a big refund.
1: Yeah. Well, we've made it end of the year. <laughs> we have covered a lot, my friend. Yes, we have.
0: And uh I think I think we got uh, picked up for a second season. So
1: we did, yeah. <laughs> I hear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh goodness. Um, But as you guys can hear, I'm extremely passionate about this stuff. But the thing is, there's a lot of pitfalls. There are so many pitfalls. So many pitfalls. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to get yourself or you could get yourself in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. So not to scare you, not to make you freak out, but that's just the reality. And tax law, tax code is very complicated, very complex. And you need somebody that knows what they're doing, knows what they're talking about, that has experience in in your space. In your industry so they know how those businesses operate and that's you know what i do i i work with all clients all my clients are not not one client that i work with is brick and mortar every client i work with is in the online space so if you listen to this and even if it's april may june whatever if it's not tax season you're just not getting a chance to listen to this i appreciate you for listening to this um and you're halfway through the year already that's even a better time to start getting somebody um you know Onboarding and getting in there because the summertime is a very quiet time of the year actually for us accountants when there's not a lot of extensions um, and we get to dedicate a lot of our time to the client work and really just you know start having some quasi conversations before the end of the year happens just to get you set up on the right track. So if you're in that situation, you know we drop a little link for my calendar uh, for the booking calendar. So if you guys. Um, you would like to have a chat. I do free consultations. I'm not here to sales pitch you. I'm here to help you. But you know, like I told somebody earlier this morning, my whole thing is, is, who are you? Where are you now? Where do you want to go? Can I help you? If I can't help you right now, then keep listening to this podcast. Keep listening to what we're doing here. We're getting ready to drop the uh, the first book here in the first few months of the year. And that's going to be a huge tool for anybody that's just kind of getting started that can't afford to work with an accountant directly. And just give you some pointers and it's all, it's all, you know, for the price of the book or the podcast is free. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm here for you. And even if you're maybe not in that space yet and you just want to have a free consultation, I, I, I've got no blood, I got no bad blood. So, you know, just, you know, put it on the calendar chat. And then maybe there's something that, that you talk that you tell me about. And there's maybe something that I can say, Hey, look out for this or watch out for this. And then, you know, go about your way, come back in a year or six months or two years or whatever. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll still be here to help out. So I appreciate all of you guys for listening and supporting us over the last nine months. We're going to kick it off in January. And, uh, I hope all of you guys, uh, whatever that you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, you know, whatever it is, I hope you guys have a great holiday. Merry Christmas, have a great new year, very safe and happy new year. And we will all talk to you guys in 2022. Thanks so much.
1: Bye.